0: Well, hello everyone and a big welcome into the offices of Buxton Real Estate in Brighton and two of the great men of real estate, David Hart and John Clarkson, are with us as we enter a new year, well we're already into the new year boys, and find out what the latest is happening in the market and everything you need to know. Uh, Hardy, we might start with you, a, a big welcome, uh, happy new year and, and how's, things, uh, how's things going?
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Hutto, it's uh, nice to see you again, it seems like it's been 12 months since we last spoke to you, but... Uh Things are going well. Uh, last year was probably the most interesting year we've, we've had in real estate and certainly in my 30 years of real estate, all the, all the great unknowns that happened last year, but um, it was actually not a bad year. The market in, in Bayside was, it showed some great resilience. Um, it was tough when we were locked down and couldn't do much at all, but certainly we came through that and the market bounced back probably stronger than we all anticipated in the, in the latter part of the year, So, and this year seems to have kicked off in the same vein. So we're actually very optimistic about the, uh, the, the year ahead.
0: Johnny, welcome to you. Um, did you have a good holiday, first of all, before we get down to the real serious sort of stuff?
2: Seems like a fading memory now, Hutto, but... Uh, you would have
0: been strutting your stuff down at the beach somewhere, wouldn't you?
2: Went to West Coast and strangely enough, there was a, a large contingent of Bayside people that discovered either Portsea or Lawn over the period of time. So in some cases, there's a lot walking down Church Street.
0: Yeah, that that is a surprise to hear that, I must say. But uh, it was an amazing year for everybody, wasn't it? And obviously the, the pandemic has affected different people differently and different industries differently, but it feels like it really could have been a hell of a lot worse. Is that the way that you're you're looking at it at the moment?
2: Oh, no doubt. It, COVID was a challenging time, uh, starting, starting the obvious, virtually two and a half months of lockdown. But the positive was when we actually were able to start our stuff Essentially, the, the back end of the quarter, like November, December, was really positive and actually interesting because de- deals were being done right up to Christmas which in this case it pushed the, year, uh, pushed the year very, very late. And it still had the, the January hiatus, like everyone tends to go away and base off for two or three weeks. But it's a really positive finish to the year. Everyone had trepidation sort of coming on. We've been back into auctions, which is fantastic, had uh, normal numbers there and open for inspection numbers started to increase. So it wasn't as if nothing had happened in the past, but people that actually want to make the purchase still got on the front foot and they weren't affected by that and they are pretty keen to get back in the real estate market.
0: What was the mentality of the buyer, and I guess the seller as well, from from the period where we probably last spoke when lockdown was still going on, to that last three months where you know, things were able to start happening?
1: Um, Hutto, I think it's fair to say there was pent-up demand from both buyers and sellers. Um, as I think I said a minute ago, it really surprised us at the end of lockdown, how both well, vendors didn't come out in their droves, but they certainly came back to sell, but the buyers had been waiting in the wings. Um, and the pent-up demand reflected in some fantastic results in the last couple of months of last year. It's certainly had an effect on price. Um, The prices have certainly been pushing up, and I think it's safe to say they're probably comfortably back to where they were at the end of uh, 2019, which was a very high point of the market. And what we're finding, Johnny, is at the Open for Inspections now, we've had some opens in the last week or so where there have literally been between 60 and 80 groups. Wow turning up to houses. And that's, that's it's no joke. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're happy to get a dozen or 15 in normal times. So that's a real reflection of that pent up demand, Hutto.
0: That's, a, I guess, a reflection of the pent up demand, but maybe also the, the lack of supply that's, that's out there at the moment. So what, what do we put that down to, that lack of supply?
2: always the bane of real estate agents. They never have <laughs> Of enough course it is. Hutto, as, as you're very aware. I think in a lot of cases, the media have been really interesting and certainly you're not involved at the pointy in there, Hutto. You're always very reasoned and measured with your comments. <laughs>
0: <But it's, laughs> I don't make any comments and, when it comes to uh, property. And it's far Johnny. better
2: to do that, but it, it, it's interesting. It's never... As good as it seems, it's a bit like a footy analogy and never as bad as it seems, but it's really interesting because the media are very interested in two stories, either the boom or the bus. Now, quite simply, we really sit in, in, in the middle... Uh, in the middle mode, they talk about the last quarter. The last quarter was really positive, but where you can get a little bit confused, when you start talking median prices, you might get two sales, one of 2 million and one of 500,000, and the median price becomes 1.25. Now, that's not so representative because you've got to take into account other, other factors like land size, contemporary versus older homes. So, so while the market has jumped out of the blocks very, very positively, you can't get ahead of yourself. It's a really good time for vendors that are going to reach a situation where they'll be able to meet the market with some good competition. And from buyers, there's still some opportunities out there. So it's not doom and gloom from either side, either from vendors or buyers. It's actually quite measured the way things are, and it gives opportunities on, on both sides of the fence for sure.
0: Yeah, so just to pursue that a little bit in terms of where the pricing's sitting, I mean, you talked about a huge number of groups. Does that necessarily turn into a, a change in price?
1: I think it's fair to say, Hutto, that it's this, this part never changes. If properties go on the market and they are priced properly, the buyers will compete for them. So anything coming on the market now that's a good family home or represents reasonable value, we are seeing some very, very strong competition for them. You know, there's there's often three, four, even five buyers competing for particular properties, and that does push the price up. That does usually once you get that competition attract a premium price for the vendors. So, you know, I think Johnny's right. It is a measured market, but I still think that pent-up demand is creating... Um, a situation where the prices are as strong as they've been for a couple of years. Yeah, certainly.
0: so it's it's fascinating how there's a lot of talk again in the media about people leaving and going into state. Hardy, is,
1: is that actually happening? Um, well, I read in the media a couple of weeks ago. I think four thousand people have left Victoria in the last three months, but uh, and a certain number of those have come from Bayside or have left Bayside. I know that Johnny um, has sold a couple of prestige properties for clients, long-term clients of his who uh, had properties up on the Sunshine Coast and they decided that they could easily work from home nowadays and as much as they love Brighton, they were in a situation where their families and their kids were older and they've made the permanent move up to the Sunshine Coast. So I I think definitely we have seen people leave and and change their lifestyle, Uh, whether they come back in two years' time. (laughs) It's often the case where they think that this isn't quite what it cracked up to be. We want to go back to Brighton and it might get hard to get back in again. Uh, but we are also seeing, Hutto, at the same time, a steady influx of expats who have been living in, whether it's New York or in Singapore or just overseas in general, who have decided now's the time to make the move back to, to Bayside, Melbourne. They've been there for 10, 15 years. They might have had the advantage of paying you know, a lot less tax than we pay in Melbourne. Uh, they're cashed up and it's just an opportune time now to, to reconsider their family plans and, and come back to beautiful Brighton and, and resettle. Yeah, have you, you seen that, Johnny, firsthand as well? Absolutely. Actually
2: it's interesting without any names, no pa- no names, no Pactra, one of a president, not Eddie Maguire, uh, at a league club we had dealings with that particular uh, person and, and his son made a purchase over from overseas, I won't mention where it was but it might have been in America uh, and he's bought with a view of coming back here in a couple of years time he's now leasing the property through us so he's very optimistic uh, and there's a lot of people that have actually moved overseas for a variety of reasons, it might have been going for, say, three years or five years, but now they're trying to get back within a couple of years. So there's definitely been a change in mentality. Hardy's spot on on the other side of it. It's interesting because four of my last five sales were people that were either moving into state or moving to the peninsula, but then you get the other side, side as we've just discussed, the expats are thinking, you know what, I want to bring my family up here. And the great thing about Bayside, I'm working within Bayside, one thing that hasn't changed, the schools are still very good and families still want to be around a safe comfortable area with another getting a, get a good education and also the lifestyle second to none.
0: Okay, so what about off-market sales? Has there been many of those happening? I guess with so many people now, um, you know, as you've talked about,
1: out
0: there interested, I guess there'd also be plenty in that area as well.
1: Yeah, look, no doubt, Hutto, the, the better agencies and better agents around Brighton and Bayside have got off-market properties where they, they have vendors who don't necessarily want to go to the marketplace. And they've got some very cashed up, uh, well-heeled buyers, and those expats are certainly among those. So the off-market transactions do happen, and they are happening, you know, with a fair amount of regularity. Um, all I would say that you know a lot of these buyers love to buy off-market properties because invariably they're not buying with much competition. So you know, as a vendor, you've got to weigh it up. It's nice to have an easy sale and put a square peg in a square hole and get your house sold quickly. Um, but if you, you, know, you either just want to get the property sold or if you want to get it sold for the very, very best price, so I think there's a, a proven formula that uh, Johnny and I know and that tends to be that competition does get you the very, very best price. So yes, it's happening. Uh, we, we do do off-market sales quite regularly, but it's certainly worth exploring which way is the best way to maximise the price of your home.
0: Can I ask you both of then, before I get to a really important question, one that I actually don't want to ask, but it's listed here for me to ask, what's the cross-section of view for the year ahead? Yeah, from a real estate market point of view, I guess a general economy point of view as well, is there, is there now an optimism or would you say it's a tempered optimism that people are still a little bit unsure about how this is all going to play out?
2: I think some are still sitting on the fence. There's no doubt uh, with the government initiatives uh, with JobKeeper running out at the end of March, that is causing some comment. And if you've got make a little bit of a prediction uh, that in April they'll probably come out with some negative news. <laughs> uh, you could probably write the article now for week two of, of April. But that won't change the common denominator. The common denominator is that the good areas are still going to – established areas are still going to get demand. There's no doubt it's probably going to be a two-speed uh, 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 market from the point of view anyone in good, solid jobs that hasn't t- had to take a haircut or hasn't lost their job – Uh, around here you'll you'll get a little bit of a separation of powers but you'll still get a lot of money. There's a lot of cashed up people around here that are ready to, to swoop when they believe an opportunity beckons. So while I think the listings will be down... Uh, certainly demand will still be there. It'll be steady without being spectacular would be my uh, crystal ball prediction at this stage, Hutto.
0: And do you think that autumn will be massive or do you think it'll, it'll, be, t- it'll be spring again, where, which will be big in terms of when, when numbers will start to, to come back in terms of uh, properties available? Is it just too hard to tell?
1: Look, it is difficult to tell. There are new listings coming on the market every single day. And I think traditionally, and this year won't be different, that come March, April, around that Easter time, we do. Well, March is often the busiest month of the entire year. So I expect that's going to be pretty much the same this year, albeit with less numbers than we've seen in years gone by. So I, I expect to see volume lift over the next month or two, going into the, uh, the autumn months but we are not going to see the enormous volumes of 2017, 2018 and even early 2019 before this this new marketplace took place last year.
0: Hey, Johnny, um, have you got a property or two to let us know about before we maybe hear a war story?
2: Yeah, there's certainly uh, a, a couple around Hardy's at the moment dealing with an EOA on, on a property in Sussex Street. We've also got 6 Boxhall Street, which is a, a contemporary home, very close uh, distance to, to Church Street, magnificent architecture over two levels. That's getting some, some good demand. That pre- presents an opportunity for, for a, 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 a steam purchaser that, to live in a sort of central area close to all the amenities, all the attractions and walking distance to all private schools.
0: Now, John, there's a question on my sheet that I don't know how it got here. It says, will Richmond win another premiership?
2: Look, I'm very much hoping no. Hardy would have a very different view of the world, of course, being a, a mad tiger, or he's a mad tiger in September. He's not that interested in the June and July period. He's only t- tends to get interested and in talk about footy in the first week of September. I'm hoping absolutely that they got knocked off their perch, uh, certainly overconfident and certainly getting ahead of themselves, are
0: Yeah, I, I agree with all that. We're, we're sick of them, aren't we?
1: Well, being a, a passionate Richmond supporter who, with two sons and one who thought he may never see a Richmond premiership, and he's now seen three in the last four years, I don't want to brag, but we're probably uh, we we probably will win this one, Johnny, this year. But if we don't, it's probably a time for the same or the Cats or someone else to have their turn. So it's yeah. been a good run. Hutto, what do you predict?
0: Yeah, no, it's been tough for the Cats. We haven't won one since 2011, so I think, I think we're due. What about a war story, Johnny? Have you got one from your many, I, many years that you've dug into the archives?
2: A couple of little sidelights. I, I was reminded of one. This happened actually not to us personally and also to our agency, but uh, 18 months ago there was a, a so-called purchaser, Uh, driving around in his car on a Saturday morning, he thought it'd be a great idea to drop into all the auctions and he went to three in a row whereby he was the one that actually held the the top bid and his behaviour was after the auctioneer had knocked it down rather than go inside and sign the contract and as you know, it's only executed when it's signed by both parties, jumped back in his car and and drove off. So that caused enormous carnage. uh, To three. Three in a row on, on, on a Saturday. Uh, so was any of them yours? Fortunately, no. So it was actually an agency in Caulfield. Uh, there might have been a little bit of uh, uh, let's just say bad bad karma with that particular agency, but they had three in a row on on the same day. So that's it's never done till it's done, Hutto. I that, can assure you. So does that do? You, are you always nervous about that or not? You always are, and that's and that leads me into another example where I had a a, a footballer, St. Kilda footballer, who actually. Uh, reasonably well-known, and had a very, very large family connection with another St Kilda football. as it turned out, and I auctioned a property for them in Elstonwick, and it was a Sunday auction, uh, and we'd passed the property and we are a fraction below where the the expectation was, and during the process for negotiation, it was quite a heated negotiation, the purchaser and the agent and the vendor, so it was all three of us having our say and trying to get the uh, appropriate price and the best outcome we could for the vendor, And in the midst of the excitement of all this, the people out the front, there was about 20 or 30 relatives, it was a very large family, saw fit as we're in the the midst of battle in the lounge room, look up at the corner of my eye and they're walking in with eskies Uh, to start the party at 12.30 when the negotiation was still very much underway and it was extremely tense from both sides of the fence. So that's one I'll never forget. (laughs) So that was a high, not a high profile, but a a St Kilda footballer and the person that walked in with the rest of his family, actually Marty's debut at 16 years of age. You'd like to think he would have known a little bit more. But uh, that was an interesting one. So it's never over till it's over and it's never over till the contract's are signed and executed. That's one thing you can't overlook.
0: Very good. Good stuff. All right. Well, it is over for us. So great to catch up with you both. And, of course, the message is always so people can get in touch, whether they're buying or selling. They can, they can give you a call. You can email in, of course, and get all the latest at uh, buxton.com.au. Have a great week, gentlemen, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks very much, Hutto. Great chatting as usual.
1: Thanks, Hutto. Great to talk to you again.
2: Cheers, everyone.